We're glad you joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're at the end of a series in the book of Ecclesiastes called Ask Hard Questions. And today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called The Beauty of a Wise Weathered Faith. Let's go to the text. It's not how many days you get, it's what you do with them that counts, that displays wisdom, that glorifies God. Again, it's not how many days you get, it's what you do with them that counts, that displays wisdom, and that glorifies God. I want to ask you to look at another passage quickly here. We're going to find our final point uh, there. This is a little bit more of an extended point. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Chapter 7 and verse 23. All this I have tested by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. That's quite a statement for the wisest man that ever lived. That which has been is far off and deep, very deep. Who can find it out? What Solomon is saying here is there's some things that as we're pursuing wisdom, even he found were very deep. They were hard to drill down to get to. It was like a deep well. You had to go way down to get it. That, That the wisdom in certain situations was almost impossible, it seemed, for him to wrap his mind around or even to understand what was going on. He continues in verse 25. I turn my heart to know and to search out and to seek wisdom and the scheme of things. Uh, I might use the word the explanation of things. And to know the wickedness of folly and the foolishness that is madness. I want to ask you, as you're thinking about the word scheme, again, different translations will use different words. I'm going to emphasize the word explanation. There's something natural about us that wants an explanation. If your child, as uh, has happened in our house, if you hear a big crash and broken glass downstairs and you're the parent, you want what? I want an explanation. If you get a note from the teacher saying, uh, there's been no homework turned in in three months, you turn to your child and you want an explanation. If you're a child and you said, and your dad told you, I'm going to take you shopping tomorrow, and he's not home on time to go take you, you would like a explanation. Now on a much deeper level, as we look at all that God is doing in the world and all that God is doing around us, there is a natural impulse for wanting an explanation. That's what the King Solomon is doing here. Now he's going to delve into a very deep issue very quickly here. A look at verse 26. And I find something more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets and whose hands are fetters. He, the man who pleases God, escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, speaking of himself, while adding one thing to another to find the explanation of things which my soul has sought repeatedly, but I have not found. One man among a thousand I found to have wisdom, but a woman among these I have not found. Now, this is something deep he's sorting through. I'll admit, as you're reading this right off the top, one of the first questions, if you're from our culture, is asking, is King Solomon a misogynist? Like, is he, like, looking down on women? If he says that one man in a thousand finds 
wisdom, that's pretty rare, but among a woman, there's none? Well, that's clearly not what he's saying. In fact, it actually is quite the opposite. If you go back into Proverbs, Solomon is not demeaning. In Proverbs, actually, it's a woman, not a man, that personifies wisdom. She's known as Lady Wisdom. Uh, She is contrasted by, to use some pretty frank language here, the slut, folly, the adulteress, the woman who ensnares men uh, because that's what her heart is at. Now again, women are actually raised to quite a beautiful level here. If you go all the way to the end of Proverbs, what I'll call queen excellence, the excellent woman is the model of wisdom, integrity, fear of the Lord, and grace. Well, well, wait, wait, but pastor, is, is, he, is he then being down on, on, on marriage? Is he saying, what is, no, if you look at chapter 9, verse 9, uh, here in the text, he says, enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your temporary life that he has given you under the sun because it is your portion in life. Okay, well, pastor, what is he saying? Because this is crazy. What is he, what is he trying to say? Here's the lesson. Here is the lesson. Wisdom in people men and women, is rare. And here's the second lesson. Wisdom among the seductive and immoral, men or women, is never. Again, wisdom, wisdom among anyone, among the population, if you want to say it that way, is rare. But wisdom among the seductive and immoral person, man or woman, is never. I want to take just a second here. I so appreciate our students that sit up here and our students sitting around the auditorium. I want to take just a minute to talk to you, if I can, about something really important because what's being said here is vital. I'm going to first talk to the young men. Finding a spouse as you're looking for the woman that God has for you. There's a lot of women that might catch your eye. But the kind of person that God wants you to look for is what's described in Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31 says this. I want to read it. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is temporary. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Listen, if you're a young man looking for a woman, if you're raising young boys who eventually will look for a spouse, listen, what you want them to do is to look to find a woman of character, a woman molded by wisdom in the fear of the Lord. Now, some of the dudes might be like, well, so what you're really telling me is go find somebody that's ugly. No, I'm not. What I'm telling you to do is to find not just a woman that can wow you and woo you, but a woman that's filled with wisdom. Both. You can have both. But too many people, young people, settle for woo me and wow me, and they don't ask about wisdom, and then they end up living a marriage like this. I want to speak to the gals. Much more of you up here this morning. I want to ask you to think for a moment about the type of man to look for. I'm going to give you, in contrast to Proverbs, 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you think about the life of Timothy, go find a Timothy. Timothy was a young man that had come from a difficult, split, spiritual family, a family that was kind of a mixed faith family from what we know. But the apostle Paul got a hold of him and poured his life into him and challenged Timothy. Think about this. Go find a man like this. Paul writes to Timothy, let no one despise you for your youth, 
but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Listen, go find a man that can woo you and wow you, but has a heart to be pure, to follow the Lord, to put you in a special place. Find a man whose life has been molded by the fear of the Lord and wisdom, and you will be blessed. Read the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Look for a man like that. Go back to verse 29 with me in the text. He says, see this alone I found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many explanations. Now, at first, when I was reading this, I was like, it was just taking a while to wrap my mind around this and studying it and going into commentary and what, what exactly is going on here. I want you to think about this. What Solomon is doing is going back to the garden. He goes back to the garden. He says, listen, God created man upright. Now, if you remember what happened back in the garden, God created man and woman in a perfect environment. But then this one day, the serpent controlled by Satan himself, comes along and says, hey, I know you think you have it great here, but if you take a bite out of that piece of fruit, your eyes are going to be opened, and God knows that you'll know more than you know now. That's interesting that he says you're going to know good from evil. What he's saying, what the serpent's saying, is you're going to know Tove. You already know Tove. Everything you see is Tove. Everything is good. The, the environment's good. The relationships are good. The animals are good. Everything is good. But you're also going to know Ra. You're going to know evil. Now, what should have they have done in that moment? What they should have said is, um, well, hey, why don't you come back tomorrow? Because in the afternoon, we go for a walk with God. And we'd like to bring that up with him first before we take a bite. That's what they should have done. And they should have asked God. And what would God have said? God would have said, well, all you know right now is good. But trust me, you don't really want to know the rest. Ignorance will be bliss. You don't need to know and experience evil and pain and brokenness. You, knowing is not always better. But they didn't. We wanted more. We wanted to have Tov and Ra. We wanted to have good and evil. I want you to think about how that applies to us when it comes to wisdom. In the garden, we crave to know more. But in the process of knowing more, it has made us more lazy. And instead of leaning in and now realizing that in a fallen state that what we really need is more of God's perspective, we need to know more wisdom. Instead of continuing in our trek to know more and to know God's perspective in particular, what we've done is, eh, eh, we'll just get through it. And here's the thing that really we need to do to bring things full circle. What he's saying here, we need to lean in to wisdom. Listen, depth is working to have God's perspective on life in wisdom. Look at chapter 8, verse 1. This is where it gets so beautiful. He says, who is like the wise and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine and the hardness of his face is changed. Here's the last thought for tonight. The rigor of pursuing wisdom yields richness and depth in your journey of faith. Maybe you're feeling like, well, you know, my journey of faith, my walk with the Lord seems to be shallow. It seems to be sometimes unsatisfying. That might be true. 
And maybe this message is exactly what God is wanting to speak into your life. Again, wisdom is knowing and living from God's perspective. As I've said many times in our church, I want us to have a thinking faith. I want a thinking faith that is rigorous intellectually. I also want our thinking faith to be reflective and insightful in pursuing God's perspective. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community, not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, if you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. Have you ever seen an accident before? Have you ever had this happen where you, you're driving your car and you notice that something crazy has happened up at the intersection up ahead of you? Some sort of accident kind of filling some of the intersection. And the closer you get, there's this guy who, seeing the moment, jumps out of his pickup truck and just what comes out of him is the inner traffic cop, Right? And suddenly as you're getting closer to this intersection, here's this guy, and man, he jumps out, and he's like, he is, man, he is in, and you're like, dude, get a little serious here, relax. It's almost like I want to say to him, like, dude, dude, where's your temporary uh, traffic cop badge? Did you get it on Amazon? You know? As though you can tell, and he'd respond, he'd be like, I've had it since second grade in my back pocket. My teacher gave it to me. Now you there. You, there. Now stop. I have to say that I sort of appreciate traffic cop guy because after you've gotten through the intersection, you realize it could have taken you 50 minutes to get through it if everybody would have just been, you know, every man doing what's right in his own eyes. And there's something in the back of your head that goes, I think that guy missed his calling. I think he was born to be a traffic cop. Let me tell you something we were born to do. We were born to need and seek explanations. We were born to need and seek explanations, to seek God's perspective. Again, in chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Who is like the wise and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. There's something cool about as you're growing through your walk with the Lord and as you begin to apply his word to your parenting and and as you're applying scripture to parenting, you have a parenting moment where you see that you now have more wisdom as you're applying it and your child responds to a biblical set of parenting, not just parenting however it goes. Or maybe it's something where you know that God is calling you to be patient in a situation and you're patient and exactly what scripture says happens and it works out the way it should. And there's a sense of an explanation working its way out. Right here he says in the text, a man's wisdom makes his face shine. What is it about wisdom that we should want? You know, so many of us in our walk with the Lord, sometimes we're willing to just settle for quick answers and we're not willing to do the hard thinking. God help me. God help us to do the hard thinking, to come to a place where we actually understand what God is trying to do in a situation. One of the ways that I, um, well, sometimes I can be a tease with my wife. And um, sometimes if I want her attention, 
she's on her phone or something. I'll walk past her and go, you know, honey, I heard something that was really interesting. And I really thought you, I'll tell you later. Never mind. Never mind. Like instantly, I have her dialed in like 500%. She's like, what, 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 what? I'm like, no, no, honey, no. Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. It's, it's, it's nothing important. You wouldn't care about it. Now she's like dialed in 1,000. Now there's nothing else in the room except for whatever I was thinking of saying. You know, sometimes God uses certain events in our lives to draw our attention out of all the other things we're into and into getting his perspective on something. I want you to think about this for a moment. God often uses the riddles of life to draw us into his perspective and more importantly, into a deeper relationship with him. Do we lean into God's perspective? Do we take no explanation as good enough? Do we take easy explanations by others as good enough? Do we take the time to seek for God's explanation? Listen, if there's something I could grab you in this book of Ecclesiastes, it's that Solomon was not willing to settle with easy answers to easy questions. Listen, the whole title of this series is Ask Hard Questions. Most of us are like, you know, I don't have time to think about hard questions. Hard questions are difficult. Hard questions take me to places I don't want to go. But you see, something about a deeper faith is that it's willing to ask deeper questions. And if you feel like your walk with the Lord has gotten shallow to some extent, if you feel like it's kind of coasting along and I don't feel a lot of passion in it, it might be that you need to ask some hard questions. Listen, wisdom, what, what Solomon is doing right here, what causes the hardness of his face or our face to change, what brings us pleasure and joy is when we've been willing to wrestle with God for wisdom about specific areas in our lives. Think about this, wrestling with God for wisdom through his word or in prayer or in deep thinking and reflection or in the listening to the perspectives of other wise believers, or the wisdom of wrestling through time, waiting on God to do things, disappointment, certain experiences, learning to trust God over time, waiting for the faithfulness of God to show up. I want to read you two men writing a commentary on Ecclesiastes wrote this. I thought this was beautiful. He said, there's many other reasons for us to move toward the Lord, but one reason surely must be that we are earnestly searching for the practical wisdom that comes from a developed view of the world as God sees it. Preaching, teaching, participating in small groups, reading biblically-based books are all fine. Yes, very fine. But there is something about the preacher's approach that is even more profound and effective his search is original to himself. He takes the time to draw conclusions from experience while revering God. Rather than a Christian's life being filled only with the understanding of others, the discipline of private personal reflection on personal, local, national, and global realities is the most effective way to develop a perspective on life that is unique to our relationship with the Lord and the calling that he has given to us in his kingdom. We lack the skill of customizing God's wisdom for our individual lives and so substitute the experiences and decisions of strangers for ours. Such exploring is strenuous work. It brings them very far and deep 
and brings a level of world awareness that is at first daunting, intimidating, demanding, and thus unwelcomed. Every reason to avoid the search and simply buy someone else's spiritual journey off a retail shelf. It is our nature to look for explanations. It is against our nature to look for them in our own study of both the scriptures and our personal relationship and experiences with its author. That's a long quote, I understand, but I hope you got the gist of it, which is this. Too many times in our lives, we simply want to get somebody else's quick explanation for how to deal with that problem. We want to have trite answers on how to deal with this pain or that broken thing. So few of us want to have to do the hard and rigorous work of digging down, asking hard questions, being unsatisfied, leaning in, drilling deeper, drilling deeper, drilling deeper, letting God us take our thoughts and emotions, fears and faith through the depths of growing through pain and brokenness and all the realities of this world. Many of us ask the question, why wrestle with God for explanations? Why do I need the explanation? I just, why do I need to care? It takes too much time. It takes too much energy. I don't have energy for that. Well, hear this. We naturally swim in the shallows and settle for simplistic faith, mechanical understanding, easy answers, limited perspective, just simply dutiful worship, wishing for a safe and predictable God. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. In light of what we're learning here, it's better to ask hard questions and not yet get the full answer, if it comes to that, than to not ask hard questions and live a shallow faith. Better to ask, but what if I ask God this question about something super hard in my life? What if I get an unsatisfactory answer? What if I'm going through scripture and I come up to the edge and it says, you'll have to wait till eternity? I don't know if I can handle that. I'd rather just kind of shove it in the closet and, and not have to deal with it and just keep my head down. And I will tell you that if you live that way, your faith will not be nearly what it could become. Yeah, there's times where I'd like that too. I'll just take a quick, easy answer, God. But there's something about getting on our knees and saying, God, I don't understand this. I need you to open my eyes. This is a hard relationship that I'm dealing with, God, but what is your heart for me, even if it goes against my natural inclinations? What if it goes against my instincts? What if it goes against something else I've heard? What if it goes against what my parents told me to do? Am I willing to study hard and journal and wrestle with God and wrestle with God until God's perspective begins to fill my perspective and I begin to live from his perspective. Hard questions are an invitation to swim in the deep end of an honest, beautiful, and inquisitive faith. The search and hunger for answers to the deep, hard questions can uniquely shape our experience of God's grace. You know, if you've ever seen this, you know, when I was younger and we moved here, I just wanted to buy a beautiful house. I just wanted it to be new. I wanted everything to be new because I didn't want to fix anything for a long time. Just newer house. I think the older I get, when I see a, a house that has weathered wood, there's a beauty in weathered wood or weathered bricks. In fact, they even sometimes when they knock buildings down, they save those bricks and they're sold at a high price because there's a weatheredness to them. You know, when I look at older couples, I always wanted to be young. Our culture says, look young, look beautiful, look, look good, look 
But the older I get, the more I look up to, not the young and beautiful, but I look to the old and weathered faces that have persevered through all kinds of trials, who have wrestled with God over difficult things, who have stayed the course, who have continued to walk, who have cried out to God for wisdom, and then walked the painful journey that was required. Listen, the beauty of a wise, weathered faith, shaped by wisdom, shaped by storms, shaped by crises, shaped by promises seen and received. Faith shaped by wrestling with God over hard issues. A faith weathered by prayer and ultimately the grace of God. A faith weathered by more questions than answers, by mystery, by disappointment, by unanswered prayer, by dreams that have died, by suffering, by loss by weakness, by confusion. That's the kind of faith that I want. The beauty of a weathered, wise faith. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.